Today I'm here with Joel Smith. Joel, if you could do like a brief um, elevator pitch introduction, uh, that would be great. Sure. Uh, so I've been a student of sport, movement, uh, outputs, and the scope of track and field and general power training for, let's see, probably about the better part of over 25 years now uh, as an athlete and then a coach. I uh, spent some time coaching Division three track. Back in my 20s, uh, that moved into being a Division One strength coach in my 30s. And uh, I am now at age 39, two years into working in the private sector. Uh, started a podcast and a website, website about 10, 11 years ago, podcast six years ago. And just been dedicating most of my time now to training uh, others in the private sector and online, training myself, um, working with kids in youth sports, so coaching youth soccer. I, I've worked with Olympians and things at the University of California, Berkeley. And so it's nice to work on the very grassroots, the total other end of it, working, training, uh, or not training, <laughs> coaching youth soccer, which is more just rolling out a ball and making sure we have the most fun possible. Sure. And uh, yeah, just just having fun, trying to have all the lanterns of performance meet and try to make more sense from a common theme these days. So that's what I'm up to. And that's the, yeah, the elevator, hopefully the elevator just got off and I finished my pitch on time. Sure. That was perfect. Um, yeah, I mean, so I, I, I mean, we've, I've had a lot of, you know, I came up and, and we did the assessment together and pretty much ever since then. And I mean, just listening to your podcast, like I'm just, and obviously listening to, you know, Kyle Dobbs and listening to, uh, you know, people like Will Rattel and, Jake Tura and like a lot of these guys that like, I have a lot of common interests with as far as, you know, just, um, wh whether it's like my specific goals of like, just wanting to be, um, you know, pretty jacked and be able to jump, jump high. Um, which like, I know those things don't necessarily always go, go hand in hand. I guess like what I'm kind of getting into here is like, like what are the what are the things that that you have seen with the youth or the you know the the teenage athletes uh from the perspective of like improved sport performance and i mean like so so like i'll just say like from from what i've seen like for you know i did an assessment on three baseball kids last night that are 14 years old and um you know, you, you were talking about in your most recent Q&A, you were talking about like push-ups and like a push-up test. Well, every one of them turned into like the spinal, you know, mm -hmm. extension type of, you know, push-up that you were describing in the in the episode. So it's like most of the time what I've seen with like younger athletes. And, you know, there's a lot of sports specialization going on again. I know I'm kind of going going off off already, like onto the side of these side tangents, but like the the lowest hanging fruit for a lot of these kids is just like gaining strength and getting and getting stronger but like that doesn't mean that like we're only strength training and only training like uh power lifters or like and like i think that's maybe a trap that like maybe some coaches kind of get into and i come from the football world so like the football world's definitely all about you know uh throwing around the iron in, in the in the weight room and that kind of thing um stereotypically but just like what are what have you seen generally with like younger 
younger athletes, I guess. And like, what is the, what are the, what are the most common lowest hanging fruit items for, for those, for those guys to, to improve upon? Sure. Yeah. It's been cool being in, like I said, the youth sport, uh, working, I did work with club track back in California. So that was a good opportunity to see athletes, mostly 10 to 14 years old, but a few younger, you know, and a few, a little bit older. And if you learn anything from that, and, and it sounds, I mean, everybody can improve, but having kids myself and training like five and six year old soccer teams, you see talent emerge pretty quickly. And you see kids who are really, um, there is a, there is a dual. They are born for the sport and they are bred in a, or they grow in a way that facilitates their abilities. And we do live in a day where every kid, especially too, like if parents have money, my kid's going to be great. So how can you make them stronger and faster and all this stuff? Sure. And to be honest, I, I'm, you never want to sell yourself short on what, how you can help somebody. Right. I think that sometimes, and I've said this strength coaches, I think we oversell what we do. Sometimes you'll see like that strength coach who trained X pro player. Right. And Oh, like as if they're responsible for their success, <laughs> yeah, maybe like, like maybe like a half a percent of it, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe, odds, may, odds maybe of, odds are. And, and that's, that's so funny. Like the, I remember specifically playing football at the age of six years old and the kid who was the quarterback of our team, like we were running like shotgun plays and stuff like that. And like no huddle offense, like when we were six, mm-hmm. the the coach was very, a very big believer in like, because there were certain coaches in the organization that just didn't believe that like kids could grasp these like bigger you know, concepts. And he was big on just like throwing stuff at us and like letting us figure it out. Anyway, the kid who was the quarterback ended up being a division one basketball player. And you could have seen like then that he was by far and beyond the best player and the best athlete on the field. Like, and it wasn't just like, and you talked about like, even just the look in kids eyes, you know, even like if they're doing a, a, an isometric lunge or a, Mm. a wall sit or something that, I, 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 I vividly remember like just seeing the, 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 the will and the determination and the want to be the best on the field, like in his eye. So like, it's just funny that we, we kind of have those, you know, you, you, you were talking about that in that Q and a, and that really kind of like sparked some, some, some thoughts for me. I'm glad you did. I haven't had too many people give me feedback on that. So I was calling, huh? I wonder, I wonder how that went down the pipe. Uh, but I mean, seriously though, it is, that's where I say like, sometimes we think we do more than we do with that elite athlete or that sure. person who was born for this, you know, uh-huh. they have the vision and they're going to do, it. it doesn't matter what strength, co- they're going to have a bunch of coaches in their life. They're going to have a bunch of strength coaches and they're going to succeed. But then there is that case too, where I think that sometimes we also do more for somebody than we thought we did. And a lot of times I think that is in the realm of the psychological, like the, the kid needed confidence. They wanted someone who believed in them and to help them believe in themselves. But that ironically, I don't think is always related to, I think most of the time that's actually not related to them becoming like getting a D one scholarship. You know, those kids are usually already going to do it. Like Lee Taft talks about those kids are going to, 
if you're going to play in college, you're going to play in college. And yet we live in this society where it's like, how much money can I pay? You're the trainer. I'm going to pay you. And my kid's going to be amazing. Like, it's like, dude, if you coach youth sports, I think that all, all strength coaches in a way, and I mean, most strength coaches know this, but if you play youth sports, you see even more like, I can almost already tell you watching six and seven year olds for the most part, not completely, but who's probably going to have a shot at doing this in college or even if it's not soccer, if it's football sometimes or whatever. Like, I think that there's a lot of that. And yeah, some of these kids, they, maybe they are just kind of all over the place and they don't have their discipline yet, but you can see the kids who are just reactive, like they're reactive, they make decisions, they're aggressive, they're competitive and they just have it. And then there's the kids who don't. And it's almost like I see these kids who don't just being like, shoved through all these years and then finally they get to high school or middle school and it's like oh hey go and again train with the the strength coach who's going to help now i don't say this to diminish the role of the strength coach right uh, by any means because as i said there's a lot of strong benefits that can go beyond sport that the strength coach can have but i also think that within strength and conditioning and i'm i'm working through a i'm working through a new like acceleration sprint course and one of the things that i right like why do we train speed especially if like at some point it's game speed that decision making that's by far the most important thing especially when you get away from football and maybe basketball or something that could be a little slower that being said we do this because it's hard because there's something that's innately rewarding about trying to put more weight on the bar than you did before there's something that's innately rewarding about moving better than you did before there's something innately rewarding about running faster than you ever have that's one of the things i think i I really gravitated towards track and field because of that. And it, it maybe you could say I wasn't a very good team sport player too. Cause I think I was more self-centered than I probably should have been. Um, and then I also lacked some fundamental skills because I honestly, I don't think I played enough sports sports, ball sports at a young age. Um, but that's okay. I'm where I should be. So all this being said, training youth athletes, I, you look at it from the end. It's almost two things. It's one, I'm kind of just teaching you, life through the medium of physical activity so that's one thing i'm teaching you life through the medium of physical activity and then two is how can i help you be a better athlete in your sport and i'm going to do both of those to the best of my ability and you know what if you're one of those kids on the six and seven year old soccer team that didn't really have it and now i have you at 13 or 14 you're probably not going to go d1 in college i'm sorry <laughs> But that's okay. We live in a society that makes it seem as if that is what has to happen. And I think that this is the thing too, is I, I, I've been around this space long enough and talked to and observed enough really well esteemed coaches to see that this is that it's, it, there's almost, there, there's the magician archetype in all these things. There's the person who will tell you, oh, I'm going to make you into Michael Jordan. If you do this training, you're going to improve X, Y, Z leaps and bounds and sometimes just believing that actually can be really powerful and profound. But uh, all this to say, I guess what I'm trying to say, and, and I, I will say, I have, I was just talking about it in the podcast, like I, had, I can get extremely good results with athletes, not with every single athlete in the same way. I, I just talked about this on the podcast. I had a kid I had just trained online over the summer. We went for some low-hanging bio biomechanical fruits along with some sprint constraints in my general training templates. And the guy got basically went from 11.9 speed in the 100 to beating guys who run 11.1 in like 30-meter flies in practice. Wow. And like it, in the scope of like three months. And I, I don't say this 
to say, I, but by saying that, I'm not saying that every athlete who comes to me is going to see that kind of result. Like that is a special result from a very, a lot of stars aligning. And I think I did a great job, you know, but at the same, anyways, so all that to be said, training young athletes, you're giving them, you're teaching them life through the medium of physical training. And that applies, that is a broad brush applies to everybody thing. And then it is, how can I help you for your sport as much as I can? Sure. So any of those two, if you want me to go into those on whatever level, I'd be happy to. Now, I mean, um, I, I, the, I guess the, the piece of, you know, life through physical training, um, I guess that I, I, I resonate with that a lot because I didn't really have anybody, you know, I, I'd, I'd sport coaches and stuff and, you know, I could, where I went to high school, I think there's people that are in the administration and that like coach sports that unfortunately push kids to specialize and like don't Mm -hmm. encourage kids to play multiple sports. And, um, I'm seeing this a lot. I have, I'm doing strength and conditioning for one of the local high schools, one of the baseball team. And, um, their baseball coach was telling me that, you know, there's coaches on the, on the staff that, um, you know, don't, like when kids play multiple sports and uh i just thought like so with all that being said i kind of like went through some of the same stuff gained a lot of weight to play offensive line and football obviously Mm -hmm. when you gain 50 60 70 80 pounds that can that completely changes your the dynamics of your athleticism um from a conditioning standpoint from a um you know from a movement standpoint, sprinting standpoint, change direction standpoint, I could never, you know, going into, going into high school, I felt like I was a pretty decent athlete. I was, you know, six, one, 180 pounds, like n- no experience in the weight room at all. My parents weren't physically active, but, um, it was a situation where like, I look back on it and I'm like, I wanted to play two sports in high school. I wanted to play basketball mm-hmm. and, and play football in high school. And I wanted to play a different position in football, obviously, but with all that being said, I guess like the, the, the piece that uh, the, the, the life piece of training, I think is like really underlooked and undervalued because like Joel, you know, like our society in general is not the most healthy, like Mm -hmm. 50 upwards of, you know, I think it's like 50 close to 50% of the country is overweight or obese. If I'm not mistaken, 42% or 45, I don't know. I feel like the number every time I look at it keeps climbing, but like, you know, if you have a a strength coach or a trainer, you know, when you're a younger athlete and, you know, you do have a, a positive experience that can set you up for continuing to be physically active for the rest of your life. And like, that can be kind of a generational again, like this is my world, my big, like, Oh my gosh, like I'm, you know, saving the world type of deal. But like, Mm -hmm. I think, um, I think that piece gets missed out on a lot. Um, and I think that's, that, at least for me, that's, that's very important. Um, and even, cause even in strength and conditioning, like I, I, you know, when I, I played college football for a couple of years and like, I just, there was never that connection with the, with the strength coach where I felt like they, you know, they really cared and yeah. that they, um, you know, wanted to teach you, teach you some principles, uh, that you can take on for the rest of your life. But uh, yeah, with all that being said, um, I think, 
I just think that piece, I think that piece is pretty important. I don't know what you, what your thoughts are on, on yeah. that stuff, but yeah, I mean, that's, I, I mentioned I wasn't a great team sport. Actually, sure. I think part of that, I remember even when I was playing soccer at five or six, I wasn't the best, but I also was playing with a lot of older kids. So, you know, maybe that was just situational and it would have been different if I was playing with younger kids. And I don't know. I mean, I was always pretty athletic, but I, I wasn't, I played basketball, but I wasn't the best. Like I, I, I was the type of person I was just going to push myself as hard as I could from a physical perspective to, um, to, to at least compete on the physical level. At least if I'm faster, I can jump higher and I'm stronger than I, at least that was good enough for me. And that's not actually good enough to be a great basketball player. Uh, but that being said, as I've grown as a coach and moved from track, which is more individual into strength and conditioning, which you could consider that like, I like looking at life. It's going from I to we to all. And that's kind of how my career has gone a little bit. I with track, not that I won't hopefully continue to coach track, but to we, which is strength and conditioning is a much more, in my opinion, it's true form is, is a more nurturing. Um, it, it sounds weird to think that way. You just think of a strength coach just ripping you and like, yep. yelling at you lift weights and stuff like that. But I think the best strength coaches as I've seen them from what to me, what strength and conditioning is, is it is a, it's like, it's um, like as Saturn is a teacher, you know, it's, it is your teacher. It's like a heart. It can be a harsh teacher, but the harshness also comes with a strong form of like love. It's like a fatherly figure. Yes. And I, I, I remember reading in, I'm sure everyone's like, you know, heard of the book or most people read it, it was conscious coaching by Brett Bartholomew. Yeah. And I only remember two things. And not to say that, that this isn't saying degrading the book at all, but right, I, right, right. it's just saying that there's two points that I always remember from the book. I actually would be curious what other people remember from it. I think Brett did a good job putting that together. But I remember one thing I remember was he was talking about psychopaths, not always being a bad thing. And I was like, Oh, it's interesting. Cause I work with some people that might fall into that category. And anyways, um, that piece as well. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. And then, but I remember there was just a story of like a high school strength coach that was so invested in the, the, health and well-being and just overall well-being of the athletes and like like kurt hester talks about uh if anyone listening has heard of kurt hester like kurt hester is at tulane now they're doing amazing and and i it was just this is what i think with this stuff if people have read kurt hester's book which i'm like oh is it not i think it's on my shelf somewhere behind yeah, me it's yeah. amazing to me that is a book that speaks strength and conditioning because if you read it you realize that kurt like he, he's extremely passionate about all the you know, different set and rep schemes and exercises and evolving himself that way. But to me, what sets Kurt, like I would want Kurt to be my strength coach sure. and to what, what sets Kurt apart to me is just the lengths that he's willing to go to help his athletes. Like I remember he was talking to me, I don't remember if it was on or off there or what, but like during COVID, like he was trying to provide space at his own house for athletes to come train. Like he was, he, he will bend over backwards to help, these individuals and on the podcast that he was on of mine, he was talking about um, just how the athletes who made the greatest breakthroughs in sport were not, it wasn't what he did in the weight room. It was a conversation he had with them just off to the side, just and not even like not forcing them to like be something just, Hey, I want to learn about you and who you are. And I'm not coming to you here from this, like what's wrong with you? you. You, you know what I'm saying? Like he wanted to know those athletes on a personal level. And if you read the book, like, he has a questionnaire he gives them. He wants to learn about them. And he's, he has, I think a very like, you know, if you want to talk about a hardcore strength coach side, I believe he has that. You, I mean, he killed a crocodile in the weight room <laughs> one day or something. I don't know. It's 
crazy. I'm gonna have to read. I'm gonna yeah, have to read, read the book. book. Read the oh book. Oh my gosh. And yeah, it was crazy. He like took a gator that he found in the swamp and brought it in the weight room and like put what? a knife in his head or yeah, I don't know. It's I want to ask someone else about that. But he would talk about like these motivational speeches he would occasionally give before the game. The coach would let him give the motivational speech and they would the team would go out and win those games. And and Tulane's doing amazing now. And I'm sure it's multifaceted, but to me, sure. and it sounds like I don't know, like people get put a lot of flack on all oh, like the Oh, here's the strength coach and the coach in the schmedium, you know, polo holding back the coach on the sidelines. And they're just there to be a character. But I will say like, we're all, you can't deny that we are all characters. Like uh-huh. there's this, the saying that all, all life is a stage and we're players and we have a certain archetype that we fulfill. And I do believe that when it's done right, I think Kurt, that guy does that strength coach archetype like nobody else. And I, I, I don't, I don't believe you could argue that there are something he brings from that perspective that, and he doesn't do it in that, you know, medium polo way or whatever. He does it in a very authentic way. And I had a coach like that, honestly, assistant track coach when I was in college, who wasn't a strength coach, but he filled that role for me in a way that nobody else could. And I would have never, you know, I, I high jump seven feet, which is okay. Like that's pretty, if you're at high school, it's amazing. If you're in college, it's like decent, pretty good. You know, it's not Olympic trials grade, but I would never have jumped that if it wasn't for him. And so anyways, long story short is I think that anyway, that, that all this going around to say, especially with that age group, I think that and life, I think the role of a strength and conditioning that archetype to teach young men or women life is a very underrated thing in that capacity. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I have to agree. I don't, I, I, I wish I, I want to, I want to talk some training stuff too. So oh yeah. Let's wanna, yeah, I, for sure. We're gonna, I'm going to like <laughs> make a hard, a hard shift. Um, cool. From a, in a, you know, with field and court sport athletes, um, I just want, I just want to know, I just want to kind of dig into your brain a little bit as far as like, what are, and again, like, I, I know, like, this is, <laughs> this is very broad, but like, and there's, you know, different ways that kids and athletes present from a emphasternal angle standpoint, from a training history standpoint, sport history standpoint, um, and even like what sport it is that we're talking about, but just generally speaking, you know, from a, from a development standpoint of, again, like just general athletic qualities, you know, getting faster, changing direction, um, jumping higher, um, being strong enough, obviously to, to be somewhat resilient and, you know, potentially have, uh, a, a little bit better chances with, injury risk mitigation and stuff like what are your what are your what are your general principles from the standpoint of the the strength and conditioning coach yeah yeah so for the youth i it's i I guess you could just put things in buckets because people will well here's my two kind of main buckets with things is on one end you have uh, the gameplay group so like and this goes with youth soccer like if i want to be a better athlete I should be good at games and I, as a strength coach, constructing uh, games to warm the athletes up, to get them engaged, to help them manipulate space and time and perception, to be better perceivers and sport players. Uh, That's, that's the gameplay, the dynamic in motion. And then on the other end, you have 
just pure like stillness. And it's like this more of this initiation. So for example, I saw uh, like Strong First is pretty popular, Pavel Satsaline and Kettlebells and all that. And one of their main principles is wave loading and the waviness of loads. Uh, That could be weekly, daily. Uh, It's a very Soviet thing, a Boroshiko type thing. And I've been interested in that a lot recently. Uh, But that, but you don't just get the, you don't go into that program and just get the wavy, cool, fancy loads. You have to just do static loading to get, Basically, until you can do a certain amount of snatches or swings or get-ups in uh, whatever it is, five minutes, you just have to deal with a very strict loading pattern, blocked, boring loading pattern to get there. And that is the discipline element. That's the how bad do you want this? I'm not just going to give this to you. It's the same thing as, and this is funny because we'd all be out of business if this was the case, but to get to, and this is, I don't know, it's interesting to think of what the, I I don't, there's no utopia, but what a better world would be in sports performance. And uh, people might be familiar in the martial arts with the horse stance. It's like we we talk about isometric holds or in gym class, who didn't have to do a wall sit at some point. I hope kids still have to do wall sits at some point. You know, maybe they don't ever. I remember having to do it when I was in second grade and I actually was crazy and messed up and actually liked it and did it myself on my own (laughs) to try to jump higher. So that tells you something about me. The kids, Uh, the kid, the kids asked me last night, like, are we going to do wall sits tonight? I was like, (laughs) we can in a good a or in a good a, or a bad way, we can do the, the, like we can do a wall sit for time. Let's let's compete a little bit, you know. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's see what you guys got. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And that's good when it's a competition. It changes things. Sure. Um, so, but these um, these Shaolin temples, like decades or eons ago, not decades, like eons ago, like thousands of years ago, there was recordings of to get even get in the temple to train. You had to hold like a horse stance, which is like a wall sit, basically, except for your knees are way out to the side and your back isn't against anything for like 20 minutes or something. Like, and then when you could do it, then you got to go in and then now you're ready. But this is just the thing is nobody, nobody has to do anything like that. And we don't be out of business, right? Because only, let's just say it was a five minute horse stance or a five minute wall sit. You're outside the gym. You have to do a wall sit for five minutes and then I'll train you. (laughs) And, and we would have one-tenth of the clients. But I'll tell you, you, we both know whoever passed that test would be freaking, they would be on point. They would great, be. A and great those client. Are, <laughs> yes. And those are the ones who make the gains, though. Like, those yep. are the clients yep. who, who make gains. They increase yep. their strength and their speed and all their abilities get better. And the kids that don't, well, they're still there and they're still getting their, you know, we're, we're making money off of them. But they're not really getting better. Kind of. But that's 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 to me what it all comes down to, and it is sad. Like I'm just like, okay, like a parent listening to this. If they're listening to this, they're like, I'm not going to send my kid to train with Joel. Like, I, I, maybe you will, or Ben, or whatever. Yeah, be, be, <laughs> maybe you will. I'm not trying to run people away, but I'm just saying, any coach who's trained kids for a while knows that those are the kids who. There's the kids that want it. They want to be better. Yeah. And I can't make you. This is the thing: is nobody can be made better you have to want to be better. And the coach is just giving you the tools. And I'll tell you, like the kids that don't really want to be better, like you mentioned competition and competition is amazing is kids who don't really want it. I have to use competition. Everything has to be a competition to trick them into, you know, just that element of things. And that's okay. Like it's okay, but, but maybe sport isn't going to be the thing you end up doing, but then I'll say, I hope you're passionate about something. And that's what Jay Schrader 
talks about with all this stuff, and I'll, I'll circle this around to Jay, is Jay talks about, uh, people who don't know Jay Schrader, he's kind of like this mythic figure in strength and conditioning. He's not on social media. He's not on Twitter. He doesn't have a podcast. And I think he likes it that way. And this is a guy who was in a motorcycle accident early in life, kind of like you know Joe Dispenza style. It was a chiropractor who had to kind of heal himself with his mind. Like this guy was paral- had paralysis. Jay had paralysis he had to deal with. And he had to teach himself to sense pain in his body just to feel. And he worked from the ground up that way from a not reading a textbook. He'll say it's Soviet science, but I don't believe him. This is a guy who had to just paint the, the same way a child wants to learn to walk. And then some, he had to rebuild his body that way. And then came up with this system of isometric holds and long and difficult. And that's the base phase for Jay. It's the holds. You don't come in and get all like the cool, fancy, not that his program even gets that fancy. Right. You don't get that stuff. You get hard right in the door. And if you can deal with that, you can do a lot. And, right. and Jay will say, it's not just sport. Like he's like, this is the thing that great artists have, great musicians have, great actors have, a great mathematician. And I just think we don't have this so, so that thing is universal. And that's why I talk about life. Like if you can learn to d- build some willpower and actually go for a goal, then whatever is, maybe you're not, maybe little Jimmy isn't going to make, you know, the division one football team somewhere, but maybe he will be a great musician or artist or, you know, some, or change the world through a new economic theory on economics. I don't know, you right. know, but it's just, we are just so hung up on sport and that's it. But that's where the, there is a core of all this that is a lot deeper. So that's that philosophy there. <laughs> I could go to anything else, sure. anything else you want me to talk about. I could talk about it. Sure. Output related lifting, whatever. Yeah. Go there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if I get, so just when outputs, I were, just outputs in general, Joel, from a, from a, from a speed standpoint, from a strength standpoint. Sure. Yeah. I want to know. So, so speed is interesting. I, I will talk about that because that's the thing that if you ask parents who are paying money for their children to go to facilities, the highest thing on the list is usually speed. Get faster. You know, they have to get faster. Yeah. A lot of that comes from a place of wanting, in my opinion, in the sense of one, when you were a child, you remember what it was like to not be the fast guy. Chances oh, yeah. are. Oh, if you yeah. were the fast guy, Maybe it's not that big of a deal to you. And maybe genetically your kid's pretty fast and just goes and plays sports and whatever. Like, and you don't have to necessarily worry about that. And that's but, literally how it is. Like yes. that, at least when I was a kid, like yeah. I was, uh, I, I, when I, when I hit my growth spurt in middle school and went from, you know, five, nine to six, one or whatever it was like in the matter of a, mm-hmm. a year and a half or whatever it was, I got faster. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> I was I, I was taller, I was leaner, um, you know. But uh, yeah, like the the kids that were the kids that were fast growing up were pretty much always fast, even in even into high school. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. You can make someone faster, but they're not going to sure. be. There's that thing, and you see it age six and seven. I'm like, I already can see this. Like these kids who are fast and aggressive, and then the kids that are slow, like. Those kids that are slow, they're not just slow because they have like slow twitch. Mu- we try to break down. Why are they so, so too much slow twitch muscle? It's like they're slow because they're just slow. I, I sorry, I, yeah. I hate to say that. 
in the sense of it's very unscientific to say that. And yes, they probably have more slow twitch muscle. If we want to go into like rate coding and nervous system impulse and how fast they can tap the space bar, there's yeah. a lot of things to it, but it's, it's, it's multifactorial. It's also related to your just aggressiveness. You're, they, yeah. There's, they, there's so many things that, that fit that, if that makes sense. They genuinely, the, the kids that are more determined care more. <laughs> yes, they <laughs> care more. They're, more. they're more aggressive. Yeah. They're more competitive. Yeah. There's just all these, there's, yes, they probably have more fasters, but some of them might not. Sure. But it all, but there's so much that goes into that. And then yes, eventually on some point, you know, if they start running track and run the hundred, yeah, then the fast switch, you're going to really start seeing that and whatever. But, um, and it does make a difference with that. Like track, you can't deny it with like the hundred meter dash and stuff for the most part. Sure. Um, but yeah. And so the, I'll just say this, the speed is so elusive. And, and I think a lot of parents, like you remember what it was like to be get beat by someone who is fast. And innately, I think that brings up a little bit of sense of wonder within you. How is that guy so fast? How are they fast? How are they that fast? And then we look at these, like all these professionals who are the speed professionals and, uh, and we, it's easy to joke because a lot of times it just devolves into this ladder and that's going to make you faster. And I'm just like, Oh God, like, I mean, I was at the facility. I, I contract out of, there was a guy, you know, he's not there anymore. Thankfully he was just renting space and he'd come in. He was a former like semi-pro football player and he'd roll out the ladder and have all these eight year olds doing the ladder. All his parents would be sitting around watching as if this was this like magic. It's like this ritual. And here's the magician. He's going to roll out the magic pot and got the ladder. It's like, I was just sitting here like pulling, like going like, Oh, like this is, but it's because people want to put their hope in something. They want to put their hope that there's this magician who has this special formula or it's a ladder or it's, you know, a special, it's the bands or whatever. And, and at the end of the day though, that stuff is all lipstick on a pig, not to say kids are pigs, but it's, it's all lipstick on the pig. If the pig, if the, the inner engine of an athlete is not lit up. And I will say like, even myself, I, my parents were not like, (laughs) my parents were not, my mom wasn't an athlete and my dad ran track and ran like 230 and 800, which is horrible, was not fast. And, um, he did high jump and jumped like four feet or something with a straddle. I don't know, but he could hit a golf ball really far. So that was his thing that he rotational we're narrows, you know, we could smack that thing. True. But I, so anyways, long story short, and my brother did track who's a year younger than me. And it was like, not, I, I, I mean, he jumped like, I don't know, long jump, like 17 feet or something. Like it sure. wasn't maybe not even that like, so not nothing special. And I did, I mean, I'm not tuning my horn. I was not even D one. Like, I mean, I was kind of recruited for decathlon D one. I don't know how it would have gone, but I mean, relative to my family, I was a, a like two gradations higher, but a lot of that's just cause I wanted to be good. So bad. Like I just, there was this drive within me that was so just determined and unless kids have that determination, it's just, it's just not going to be that amazing. But even then we also think that strength and conditioning is such a young industry. It's been around since the seventies, Boyd Epley. And, but if you look at like the process that we've come up with our tools and compare that to like, I don't know, the industrial revolution or medicine or NASA, we are in the stone age playing with sticks still. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. it's actually yeah. ludicrous it, to think about. Well, and like uh, it all it all stemmed from football. You know, yeah. and like this this idea of, you know, you have a season that you play and then you have this 
off season that's going to prepare where Mm -hmm. like, you know, strength and conditioning, even with when you, when you talk about baseball with like these kids playing summer ball and like the, they're the, the, the AAU circuit, like they're never not playing their sport. I mean, football would be really the only, I guess, exception. And I mean, good God, like the NFL's playing how many weeks now? It's, yeah. It's like they're playing these tremendously long seasons where like haven't they shown haven't they shown that like I don't know what the data is specifically I don't remember but I don't know if it was HRV data but like I think they showed that like when football players play a game like NFL guys play a game on Sunday that they're not like fully recovered until Wednesday and then it's mm-hmm. like they don't they then they've got to play a game on on Thursday sometimes yeah. it's like Wow. Crazy. Like this is uh this is pretty insane. But like yeah, I don't I don't I, I um you know the 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 strength and conditioning field, like you said, is just such a such a baby still, you know. Well I think it's when we try, it's not that like this stuff doesn't work. And I'll say this sure. too, is it's yeah. easy to talk yeah, yeah. about this stuff and be like, oh, there's just genetically gifted kids and they're the ones who are gonna be no matter what, and blah, blah, blah. And like this isn't to say you can't get a lot better. And this isn't to say that a kid who isn't really driven in the facilitation of some really good coaches can't do a lot and exceed right. expectations. And it's not to say that those stories of success are not uh, a total reality. I mean, I've seen athletes improve tremendously. And as a track coach, I've been able and fortunate to guide athletes through to some high levels of success. I mean, uh, you, we had a, we had a kid. I, I he, he just texted me. I've been um, he's, he's one of my remote guys. He's at a, um, he's at a Juco, he's a baseball kid. And, um, he just got his first division one yeah. offer. And like, I met him when he was like 12. Yeah. Was like, you know, now he's whatever, six, four. And, you know, he's got, he kind of looks like he's kind of got that stereotypical pitcher build real long arms and, uh, you know, big, big and tall. But like, you know, when I met him, he hadn't even like, finished puberty yet like he was a little he was just a little (laughs) just a little guy so like but he has continuously worked his tail off and like just has that you know he's got it when he comes to the gym he's 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 got that look yeah and he's and he's ready you know so obviously pretty much most most of your guys at that level at least in my experience you know i've i've had the the pleasure to work with um now three division one athletes two football guys and 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 him and they've they've well i I take that back i've worked with a lot of uh a lot of volleyball and soccer d1 girls but yeah all of those girls too are just like they've got the look like they come to train and like they're just very very they want to compete like they want to mm-hmm. they want to win they want to be focused they don't want to you know they want to have fun, but they don't want to joke around too much. Like, they're very, they're yeah. very into, into what they're, into what they're doing. So, yeah, I, where I was going with that though, Ben yeah. was just Sorry. this is that I think that a lot of times we are very driven by the marketing magician type thing. And when in reality, the core of training and what I meant by like the industrial revolution and medicine, I mean, medicine did more harm than good for centuries. It wasn't until like the 1900s where, Midnight, you know, like we're, we're getting there. We're like definitively doing more good than we are harm through medicine. Right. And so with training, like that has had much less of a process than medicine. It's just, it's, it's crazy to, to see. And this is just, what's interesting is like, 
the core of training is still that is the foundation i think we know which is play your sport don't eat you know eat a decent diet get some sleep recover take time off between seasons play you know have a diversity of movement have coaches and parents that are supporting you and encouraging you lift some weights it, it lift the main you know do the main list but don't just have a balance don't be stupid you, you know like that's that's kind of it I, I mean and do something hard every now and then to show if nothing else just to show you can deal with adversity i think that's fine and we try to sometimes you know demonize too much conditioning because that's gotten rampant that's out of balance so it's like just keep the main human things in balance and have driven kids you're gonna be okay like you know and then yeah but then people will be like oh well here's my little nuanced you know fancy progression for this or that or the other thing and i will say sometimes there is like it's like the 80 20 like 20 percent of the main the main package that athletes go through is going to get them 80 percent of the way there and all the little nuances like and i've seen i've seen rabbit trails there's the ultra ultra biomechanics rabbit trail the ultra oh, yeah. neurology rabbit trail the ultra speed and, and I'm talking even good speed, like a Darien Bar stuff that's actually speaking to what happens on a micro level. But at the end of the day, a lot of those little rabbit trails are just the body takes care of itself in the scope of normal good training and just having athletes. And that to me speaks to the ability of the nervous system and the subconscious mind in the hands of a driven athlete that will learn it and figure it out themselves. And so I just think it's all that being said, I think that it's just once you know that though, for what it is and you put more effort, it's where do you put your effort? And for me, it's like, I don't put a ton of effort into getting into little nuances of the foot with an athlete that just needs motivation and encouragement and me to see them where they're at and say, here's, Hey, here's a tough workout today. Let's go do it. You know, they need that. They don't need all the little minutia and it's just to know what and where, but if I have an athlete who is covering the big rocks Hey, let's, we have some time. Let's explore this element of your start or your jumping. We can, right. Hey, I can get a little bit more out of you if we put this in your program. Like, okay, right. then we can go there. Right. But I just think that it's so easy. And, and people say, yeah, like, um, you know, let's just keep it simple. But then I see it's funny because they'll say keep it simple and they show like an overprogrammed depth landing or something. Like, well, that's what's, <laughs> that's simple, but that's probably not the right thing you need. Anyways, I just think that, but it is true uh, simply because, and, and I don't want to get too carried away with this, but in this acceleration course I'm putting out, and I start a lot of presentations with this, is the human brain, um, the, the conscious forebrain, like we take in 40 bits of data, whatever, the subconscious takes in like 20 million and is still multiples more powerful than the most powerful supercomputer we have. And it's hard to think about because we get our butts kicked in chess by a computer but in terms of stuff like facial recognition, complex processing, like no computer in the world right now is going to go do what Steph Curry can do on the basketball court, not even close. And it's funny because the more powerful we make these computers, we see evidently how still far they are behind some of these functions of the human brain. And I think when we consider that, you look at it, what an athlete can do without needing all this extra stuff, just give it the main thing, encourage it like, like almost like a plant, like give it the light, give it soil, give it, you know, some basic nurturing and it can do it on its own. Um, so yeah, that's just, that's just something that's important to me is, is understanding those big rocks for what they are. And if I was going to send my child to a, a sports performance gym or whatever, I'm actually, I probably don't really care what the fancy, you know, equipment they necessarily have is, um, I would look at the environment. I would look at who the people are 
and the the look on the kid's face when they walked out, you know, and that kind of thing. That to me, that's the the speaks more on that, just because again, teaches you life. Yeah. And yeah, I, 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 that's an important thing to me on that level. The last thing that I kind of wanted to mention um, was like, you know, and it's it it comes back to this whole you know, the internet. And I know you're talking about kind of being the, you know, I, I think you're, you said you're a 39, right, Joel? Yeah. But so like being kind of an older, a older head and like, you know, the, <laughs> the person who's like, Oh, the darn internet, you know, those, those darn mm-hmm. kids, but like, those darn kids. I, but I, but I kind of think that, yeah, you know, like, and it, it really, there haven't been none of those really elite athletes that I've worked with. And when I say elite athletes, I just mean scholarship, you know, division one athletes or even division mm-hmm. two, I've worked with some, you know, division two athletes that are great athletes, but like, um, or just college level athletes in general, let's just put it that way. Cause I was a, I was a division three athlete and mm-hmm. we had some great, but like the, with the internet and like the, this, um, all of these kids just, they want to be powerlifters or they want to be bodybuilders. Like that's, yeah. that's something yeah. that like I'm seeing a lot with, I guess the, influx of that on instagram and on youtube and and that kind of thing and and like i said it doesn't it doesn't typically have i feel like it's not typically with the 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 kids that are super elite at their sport yes no Um, it does not (laughs) it's more it's more with the kids that maybe aren't as good as as good at their sport and um you know they just always like i had a baseball kid telling me how much he rack pulled the other day and i was just like that's that's great you know that's fine like and you Mm -hmm. know that that was that's a good number for you being 150 pounds but like i you know like that from a from a baseball perspective that isn't gonna have any kind of direct translation into being a better a better baseball player so I, I don't know. I, I guess I just kind of wanted you to riff on that and kind of sit like, you know, I, obviously people talk about like how strong is strong enough and what's too strong. And like, you know, I, I don't know if there's really an answer to that because you've got a guy like Will Rattel who yeah, he's a beast. is just the so hoss. silly, like so silly. Yeah. Like his, his weight room numbers are silly. He can jump out of the gym. Obviously you could tell that like, if he wanted to go try to play linebacker, guess what? He could do it. Like, mm-hmm. he, you know, he's played professional football. Uh, yeah. So it's like, um, yeah, I just, I, I feel, I feel like all of that stuff is interesting, but I think like now that I'm just like talking about it out loud, it really comes, comes back to like that conversation that we were having about just like, is the athlete driven? Are they yep. competitive? Are they, do they want to excel in their sport and yep. be the best athlete that they can be? Or do they just want to play the sport and be jacked and tan and yes you know, that's that's yeah, that's fine. it is well this is the thing and this goes back to me what jay was saying um and to me and, and paul cater who i've had on the show i talked to paul a lot he was one of my first mentors really truly because i didn't have a strength and conditioning mentor the way a lot of people did i, I a lot of it i learned myself and seeing it work for me and observing yeah. and learning and paul he he's worked in the major minor leagues um pro rugby and stuff and he said the difference between the major and minor league guys in baseball is the minor league guys are actually trying harder in the weight room because they, there's like, Oh, there's something I haven't done to make it. Well, it must be more weights. Cause if I do that and it's like, honestly, a lot of times we find an escape. We're not as good at the main thing as we want to be. And so we think to ourselves, well, what else could I do? And it's almost too uncomfortable to keep pressing into that main thing. Okay. I'm not good enough at hitting. Well, it's too uncomfortable. Cause man, I keep missing these 
certain balls, let's just say. And I, I just don't feel good about myself. And so I'm just going to go take it out on the weights. And then, oh, hey, coach, look, I did this. Well, that's not going to get you in the big leagues. You know, and right. so it's like if you have it, you have it. And you aren't diverting all this extra energy into stuff that you don't need. And that's where it's like, yeah, those big leaguers are strong enough to be in the leagues, of course. Right. Like they have the basic tools and they lifted weights. And, but they didn't like hang their hat on it. They, I saw that in swimming too. You'd see it. And I'd talk with the head coach about this at Cal who was – an amazing manager of young men. And he was the Olympic head uh, swim coach in 2021. Just a really like uh, a guy who could see that psychology of people extremely well. And I remember there was a backstroker who the kid wasn't getting that much better. I mean, he got a little better at Cal, but not compared to some other people. And he, I would see him more than like, not more than anybody, but I would very distinctly see him like really just grinding it out and incline press and making sure he said, Hey, did you see how much I did? Like, cause he's trying to get validation somehow. I want it somehow. And I think we, we, we live on social media. It's like we're, we live in a like generation. I need to be validated. I'm not getting into my sport. Can I get it from you coach? And that's that is and we also too like you you know i i see people in the gym i work out of people with their shirts off taking pictures of themselves for instagram some fit sure. you know this as if this is fitness this is you know and and so a lot of it is just this longing desire for validation and you could even take that back to the fact that men do not have a tribal ritual initiation they're trying to find something they're trying to find a way to be validated then they didn't get in their sport because they didn't make it. They don't feel like the man in their sport. Well, how can I make it somehow? And I'm in the gym and, you know, and so it just, it fits into that archetype because I think you see that in men. And I think that, I don't know, I haven't been around the, the private sector long enough to really see the difference between uh, guys and girls in that respect. For me, it seems like girls might be a little less prone to that than guys. Um, but I think, yeah, there's a big like seeking validation element of men in the gym. And then the question becomes, well, yes, if you're not good at your sport, like I do want to give you a good experience here, but also realize that you your worth is not equal to what how many likes you get because of your physique on Instagram. Exactly. And and teaching people that is very important. And so that's where again that that life goes into that. And I think people will eventually find that that pursuit eventually becomes an empty pursuit at some level. You know it. it and it just takes because bodybuilding itself, I, I value that discipline that goes into it. I think it's amazing, but the amount right. of health problems that bodybuilders will eventually run into, it will eventually teach you that lesson. That is Saturn coming around, I guess you could say, the teacher coming around to tell you to say, "Hey, why did you? Why did, were you seeking so much validation in this in the first place? And what is a different, maybe healthier way we can now steer that desire?" Uh, of yourself so nothing against bodybuilding is a sport and the practice and the discipline I think that's really cool but a lot of times it's fueled by that desire for validation no yeah 100 percent. and i mean again like you know mm-hmm. there's there's definitely training principles obviously that we that derive from traditional you know bodybuilding you know yeah. from a from from that but like yeah it's it's um <laughs> you know at the highest levels and the competitive levels specifically and even obviously, like you said, with the Instagram generation and the like culture, it's, it, it can be, it can be fleeting, I think. Um, mm-hmm. but it's funny that it's, I, I was definitely that person. I mean, I, but I got burnt out. I think I, because I wasn't a two sport athlete in high school, I only played football and then I was playing college football and just, I got to the point where I just didn't even want to play any, And I wanted mm-hmm. to make a position change too. I had lost some weight and they wanted me to gain the weight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they wanted me to gain the weight back. And I was like, I would rather just 
play pickup basketball. Yeah. I really like to play pickup basketball and, uh, and you know, like we, 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 it was, you know, it's, it's the Jake Tura. Like we go do upper body and then we would go try to touch the rim and dunk and play, yeah. play pickup ball. So like, that's, that was what me and my friends, uh, kind of gravitated towards, but Joel, I want to, I want to respect your time. We're, we're past our, our 45 minutes. I don't know if you had anything else to say to any of that stuff that I was rambling about. But. No, it's, it's, I will just to cap it off. I, I just think that a return to there's the two ends of it. There's discipline and play. And sure. I just think that in that teaching of life through the, the youth training practice, teaching kids to play and enjoy fundamentally just enjoy a game that has nothing to do with their sport or something that's just fun for the sake of being fun. I think that can be a really good teacher later on. Cause like I've seen swimmers who've swam double days since they're 12 and then they discover rock climbing and they're instantly hooked on it because it's just something that's fun to do for the sake of doing it. There's no pressure attached and we need more of that too. That's something that I would love to do at some point, like a play league for kids where it's like, Hey, your kid's going to sign up for a year. Uh, one or two months, we're going to do this. Like we're going to do parkour in the woods. Then we're going to do two weeks of like this game and none of it's pressure based. It's all local community. Like something like that would be really cool. What's like, yeah, just play league. Like nothing to do with the sports your parents want you to like be amazing at necessarily. And just, just fun move, move for the sake of move. Um, so yeah, has to be to, there's the discipline and vision in, but there's also just, Hey, just have fun, just play. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's a powerful part of who we are. So, oh, and gosh, that's the other thing is like parents and the prep. We'll, we'll have to do another. Podcast <laughs> sure. Joel, can you tell everybody where they can find you? I know you pr- probably want to be found by yeah, uh, I, guess, people, I, so. I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. I've validated maybe yeah, follow me and give me another validating follow <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> Yeah, uh, just fly sports on Instagram or Twitter, and then my podcast, just fly performance podcast, just fly sports.com. You can I'll find me there. The, I'll link all those in the description. Joel, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ben.